have you heard the one about the millennials who can't commit to anything and try to do something and then never return to it? I feel like I'm familiar. Is this story familiar to you? Uh, the life is familiar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are the living, breathing version of those stereotypical millennials <laughs> who started the podcast and are now uh, returning to it a couple Super. months later. <laughs> but we're following through. Yeah, we are. We're trying. All right, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Do, 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 do. That's the intro music. This is Connie. And I'm Priya. And welcome to It Girls. Episode 2. So, sorry for the long delay since the last episode. Essentially, we're the worst and we didn't plan ahead for our last podcast. So we've had um, little bits and pieces of episodes sitting around for the last month or so. Two months? (laughs) Two months or so. And then Priya came to visit San Francisco. And then we hung out and then we were like, why haven't we released It Girls yet? And then we realized it's because we don't plan ahead, even though we know that it's good for us. Truth. What What a lesson you learn. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like that fits with the theme of this podcast. We're just we're just learning as we go. We're just learning. And then uh next time we'll probably not plan again, but No, we are going we'll to. Think Remember, about we're, it. we're committing um We're committing what are to we it. we're committing to a, a, a monthly episodes now. We're committing to monthly episodes and they will happen even and if they suck, we will just re record like adults. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're not children anymore. We're not children anymore. We're going to act like our ages. Um, so now that we are, have plans, let's talk about what you guys are going to hear this episode. We're really excited. It's going to be a really great episode. We're going to kick off with an interview that we did with our badass friend, Michelle, who biked down the the West Coast uh, of the U.S. from Seattle to San Diego. Uh, she did a solo bike ride this summer, so we asked her about that, and by we, I mean me, because Connie couldn't couldn't make it, unfortunately. I was from so we missed far her. away Taiwan. <laughs> yeah, Connie was in Taiwan. Uh, a lot has happened, guys. And <laughs> then we do a dispatch from the real world health edition. So Connie talks a little bit about a, a health story, fun time, that that was happening in her life, and. We do uh, want to address, obviously, the election happened uh, around a week ago uh, as we're recording this, and there are lots of intense and strong feelings about it. We are still processing it, and uh, we also don't know if we could do it justice, even if we did comments on it. So uh, this episode will be an election-free zone, so you don't have to worry about getting emotional (laughs) listening to this, no matter which side you're on. Hello, I am sitting here with Michelle O'Donnell. Hi. One of my best friends and also our first interview on It Girls. So excited to have you. 
very excited to be interviewed. Michelle is super badass. Recently, she went on a one-month solo bike trip down the coast of, like, you started in Seattle, right? More or less. Down to, like, <laughs> uh, Big Sur, right? Yeah, a little bit south of there. Okay, so we wanted to talk to Michelle about that experience. If anybody out there is thinking about going on one of these trips and what they need to know and why they should do it. And yeah, so we'll get started. How did you get interested in long distance bike riding to begin with? So originally it was Ben. Who's um, Ben? <laughs> my boyfriend. <laughs> Our friend. Yeah. Um, so like I didn't do that much. I guess growing up my family was outdoorsy but not hardcore outdoorsy so we'd like go for walks in the woods or like short bike rides and then a second date with Ben was a bike ride and he got <laughs> scolded by his sister why because <laughs> she was like you can't take Michelle on a hard bike ride like I don't know what the intent was there but either way his family was like that's not what you do but I was like oh this is pretty fun so then I like kind of got into biking and then I think it was the summer after our second year yeah so sophomore year for both of us I guess and we ended up going and starting in Quebec City and going around the Gaspé Peninsula in Canada which was beautiful and I don't remember exactly how he convinced me but it was definitely some convincing um (laughs) to like go on a long distance bike trip to the end I think so and I think part of it was that like my mom stopped telling me what I could and couldn't do like a while ago but I was still worried that she'd be like no you shouldn't do that and like i usually do what I'm told for better or for worse so it was like didn't want her to say no because then I'd be like oh I shouldn't go but somehow she didn't say no and I was excited enough after hearing about whatever we would be doing and the route and what we'd be seeing and I just I had a great time on that trip yeah so we did the trip in Canada and then the Adirondacks trip and I loved both of those and then last year in the spring Um, we broke up for a while and the consolation prize for myself was, I was like, I love bike. I love biking. I like want to go on more bike trips. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to buy a bike and I'm going to go on a bike trip. I didn't realize that's what provoked buying the bike. Yeah. That was like why I got the bike. So I got the bike early fall and I was like very pleased with it. And that was around the time when Ben and I started talking again and he heard he saw so all of a sudden you're like I'm gonna sell this bike <laughs> no, no <just> he, <laughs> he saw the bike and was so impressed that I had chosen the best bike that I could have chosen and I was like that's right I don't need you to choose bikes for me <laughs> that's awesome um yeah so then so I had the bike and then it was like, okay, so who's going to do it with me? Because I didn't want to do it alone. Because I was like, that seems like a pretty big thing. Like, I did it to, with mm-hmm. someone else before. Never traveled alone. Um, so originally, Casey was talking about doing it with me, and it ended up she couldn't go. And then I visited Danny in New York. She was on co-op at the time. And I was talking about it. I was like, oh, I'm bummed because Casey can't go. And she was like, I want to go. Like, this sounds <laughs> awesome. Like, we were like, okay, so we're going to do this we should buy plane tickets other than buying the plane tickets and like going to lots of spinning classes all semester we like didn't do that much (laughs) in terms of planning and like I wasn't that worried about it because the other two trips that I'd done with Ben it was like kind of the same thing we like decided where we were going to go and like knew the general route 
but minimal, minimal. <laughs> Is would you recommend minimal planning? I for someone who's maybe thinking about doing this, how much planning would you recommend? So for maybe someone? for like a first trip, if you're doing it like without someone who's done it before, take a little more time to plan like you know, like, think about how comfortably you are riding in a day, Mm -hmm. and, or, like, how far you would want to go. So, thinking about your ability level, because I think that anyone who really wants to do a trip can do it, but you just have to, like, adjust it so that it meets what you can do, Mm -hmm. and, like, you don't start off as fit as you are at the end, so, like, it'll be easier (laughs) as you go. Yeah, but, like, how long would you go in a day, for example? It was an average of 50 miles a day, and wow. the longest day was like 76 the shortest was like 35 but if you don't want to go that far you could make every day 35 so i interrupted you when you were getting to you reached seattle we flew into seattle and then we had shipped our bikes to friday harbor which is on one of the islands near seattle it's like a bus ride and a ferry ride away so we rode around that day then we went back to the mainland and then i believe it was two more days of riding and she cut her hand while we were cooking dinner. She probably should have gotten stitches, but we were in the middle of nowhere, Washington, and the very nice park ranger guy was like, yeah, like, like an hour, tiny hospital, and we could drive you there. And we were like, well, so what do we do? So it took some deciding, but we just didn't go to the hospital. I don't know at what point she decided that night, but she decided she was going to go home because it was a bad enough cut on her hand in between her thumb mm-hmm. and her index finger that it would have made it hard to, like break which is important when you have a bike loaded with stuff and you have big hills so uh, we ended up taking a bus to Portland and then the next day she flew home and I took some nice county buses out to the coast and kind of called it my restarting point which was in Astoria Oregon Astoria Oregon yeah so you kind of involuntarily had a solo bike ride yeah. like you weren't planning on it was not planning on it how did the how did you feel when the day that she left when she told me she was gonna go home I was like I knew I wasn't gonna stop but it was still kind of nerve-wracking because I'd never traveled alone before I know plenty of people have traveled alone before like you have but like I didn't know I just didn't know what it was gonna be like and I didn't know if it was gonna be different than like what I'd heard from you or other people because I was like on a bike and in some ways you're more vulnerable on a bike, right? Well, so apart from, I mean, the whole unexpected thing of having to ride solo for, like, three Mm weeks-ish, was there anything else that was unexpected to you about going on this trip? Some of it, even though, like, I knew I would make it, some days I surprised myself with how tough I was. Mm. Um, So when I decided to do it alone, that was one thing I was, like okay I guess I just decided that and I like was happy I decided it and I'm still happy I kept going but if you had asked me like a few years ago if I would do that trip alone I would have said why are you even asking me that like no (laughs) this is like not me (laughs) obviously you don't know me at all (laughs) and then there were two and a half days of rain and this awful headwind in Oregon so like if you've never ridden into a headwind, there are, like, varying degrees of headwind. Sometimes it's like, oh, this is kind of a bummer. And this was, like, if I wanted to keep going downhill, I had to pedal because the mm-hmm. headwind was so strong. So it's rain in your face and, like, wind in your face. And I was like, this sucks. And I kept riding. And I was like, oh, I'm still 
still riding. So there's that. And so then you kind of surprised yourself with your resilience. That I, yeah. Because I, I hear that and I'm like, I would never. I would just get off my bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, not to say I didn't take breaks and be like, ah. I think one of the biggest things that I always think about when it, the idea of a long distance bike ride, especially solo, is like, what do you think about all day? Yeah. So, um, is beautiful. Well, different things. So as beautiful as this route was, there's a lot of traffic. Mm. So I spent plenty of time worrying about not getting hit by cars, um, <laughs> which is very stressful. Um, the days that I did have people to ride with, I would talk to them. But when I was by myself, some of it was thinking about this job that I was going to be starting when I got home. Like, was it the right choice to just take this first job that I got offered and not look harder? There, it was funny because some days, like, some of the harder days where I was alone, I've never ever written poetry or, like, recited poetry, but you've gone to the Cantab, yeah. right, for the poetry slam nights. Yeah. So there were some days where I was, like, if, especially if I was really frustrated because it was harder, I was like, I could write a poem about this. <laughs> and I would, like, start thinking about, like, how would I do that? So I would think about, like, there was one road in Oregon called Seven Devils Road, because there are, like, these seven big hills, so, like, going down that, I was, like, you can, like, make it, like, you rode through the rain, and, like, at least as I was riding, I thought it sounded better, and, like, I had these things, I was, like, I could, like, go read this, and, like, add the can <laughs> You down. should do it. But I didn't write any of it down. Like, oh, I should have, no. like, stopped riding and written it down. That's <laughs> But awesome. I, like, didn't want to stop riding. So you had some flashes of inspiration yeah. while you were yeah. on, on the bike for so long? Yeah. What do you think... Was, do you think it's something about the bike ride that made you be like, oh, I can I can write slam poetry now? Because before, I don't think I've ever heard you express no. an interest oh, in no. that. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, now I'm back to being, like, oh, silly, <laughs> for me at least. Um, I think some of it's, the ex- like, the exhaustion and just probably, like, slight insanity that comes with thinking of, to yourself for, like, three weeks. <laughs> um, but I don't know. And part of it's, like, along the way, I'd be like, wow, I'm actually doing this. And just kind of that inspiration to myself like you can do anything like you can do this like you can do anything yeah I know that feeling yeah I know that feeling yeah and I guess it's different for for everyone apparently I needed I not that I like didn't think I could do things before but to get that level of like you can do anything apparently I needed a bike trip so (laughs) do you feel like before the bike trip you didn't have this kind of confidence in yourself um I think of myself as like generally confident in myself but not necessarily depending on who I'm around confident outwardly and I think I'm like a little more outwardly confident now I don't know just that feeling of like I really feel like I can do anything after that it's just like a big confidence booster even like at work a lot of the stuff I've been doing so far is like very new but I'm like yeah it's just like and it's not a big deal whatever yeah it's just little things are like smaller but whatever just just do it What'd you think of the interview, dude? Sorry you couldn't be there. Yeah. I mean, I love Michelle. She's just, like, so inspiring and so awesome. And then she's always so sweet. And I feel like she just inspired everyone who listens about, like, what what she's able to do and then be able to, like, really carry out something that she was planning to do even when things fell through. Yeah. A lesson we can all learn. Perseverance. Perseverance.
the big uh, the big word for today. Yeah, I guess that does relate to uh, you have you have been persevering for the past couple months. True. Going through a, quite a trial. Do you want to talk about a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah. So about four weeks ago, I had surgery. That was fun. It was an intense. It was an intense surgery. It was an intense surgery. It was. Um, well, okay. <laughs> I feel like it's funny that it was 1.5 liters. <laughs> so I want to share that. But then it's just like, what is this? <laughs> 1.5 liters? Yeah, there was 1.5 liters in the what? cyst. Did I tell you this? No. Yeah, so the the cyst was 1.5 liters. And then Are you serious? You were just carrying that. I know. Around? I was I basically had like a liquid infant in me. Um Oh my god, dude. And he didn't feel it. It's not like something called a food baby. No. You had like just like a cyst baby. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Well, I I like could feel it, but I just thought it was fat. So for the last like two years or so, I just thought I was fat, and then wait. So this thing was like growing, and like you could feel it on your stomach, but like you just thought that this was like fat. Yeah, but like hard fat. And then, um, kind of a tangent, but I saw a nine gag post today of these uh, people who brought their cat in, their pregnant cat in for an ultrasound, and then they realized that their cat was just fat. So like the opposite. <laughs> the opposite to you. of me. But essentially, I like told a few friends about this, and we would just look around for things that were 1.5 liters, and then we'd be like, "Holy, that's 1.5 liters! Holy, that's 1.5 liters!" Like a standard water bottle is 0.5 liters, and then we would just put three next to each other and be like, "This is what <laughs> is inside of you. This is what's inside of you." So. Oh man. Anyways, no I, wonder you lost so much weight. That I thing know. was dragging you down. It, exactly. They also just took my appendix out too. So together, that's eight pounds. If anyone was ever curious about what one point. Wait, they literally took eight pounds of matter out of you. Well, that that's hard to say because I weighed myself like two weeks after, and I was eight pounds uh, lighter. So it could have been even more, and I gained weight, or it could have been less, and I lost weight. Wow. Okay, so now that our audience can kind of piece together for themselves what the actual surgery was, <laughs> uh, do you want to talk? I mean, for me, when I heard that, I was just like, I was so shocked because I think for people of our age, you don't expect that something real mm-hmm. health-wise will happen. What does it feel like to know for, I mean, it was like three or four weeks mm-hmm. before the surgery, to just know that like, you might have cancer and there's this thing inside of you that's 1.5 liters. Like, how does that, <laughs> would, could you forget that most days? I feel like I would just not. Uh, especially near the beginning during all the testing and all the scans, like there is a lot of fear there. And then just at some points it would just get really overwhelming because like one of the things I remember noticing a lot is that the doctor would call me and be like, you have to come in for a scan is like Wednesday at two okay for you or like some midday time I'd be like oh I have to work and then this was the first time where it finally like I had to come to terms with oh health does trump what I do in that Mm. I had never had to face that before and then I would always like like even if I was throwing up in the morning my parents would be like go to school you'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) so I was brought up with this tendency of like oh I'll be fine I'll be fine like I can yeah I can make it through and my health will be okay and this was the first time where I did have to prioritize health in a way that was like 
very real. And it's funny because they're like, oh, you can't exercise for the next six weeks. So now I've been not prioritizing health. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to like be healthy. Yeah. (laughs) You can't give me doctor's orders not to exercise. But that's not, that's, not yeah, what I that's have. like the one time that a doctor will order you not to exercise. Thanks so much for listening to the second episode of It Girls. We're really, really sorry how long it took, but next time we'll be right on time next month. Yep, and Next month is going to be an awesome episode as well. I'm going to interview Connie about why she decided to take her MIT mechanical engineering degree and uh, use it to be a a teacher at a high school. So that will be a super awesome conversation. And we will have some more dispatches from the real world. Sweet. Bye. Bye.